Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Stand with me tonight and honor the man of God as he comes to bring the word. Come on. God for this opportunity to come to break bread with you on tonight. I know you have had that natural food already, and and I come to bring you some spiritual food. How many know that we can't live without the Word of God? Amen. No man has ever seen God, but we have His Word, and His Word lives on the inside of us. Uh, the one word that I understand say many are the affliction of the righteous. But God availeth them out of all. There is nothing too hard for our God to do. Amen. Amen. But we must find purpose in what we do. Amen. I just want you to join with me in a decree, and I want you to repeat after me. It's something that I started uh, with my church before they received the word. And, and I'm going to read it, and I just want you to repeat after me if you would. And it's called Confession for Receiving the Word of God. I need to repeat it. Say, my educated mind can kill this word I'm about to receive. I got to place the Spirit of God over my mind if I understand what God has for my life. If I receive this word with my mind only, this word will be dead for me. But if I receive this word with the Spirit of God over my mind, this word will be life for me. Lord, I don't need religious form and fashion. I need life. Come on, bring your hands together for the word. That is a decree that I found to be comforting you know, we have to be prepared for whatever we're going to do. You have to get prepared for work before you go to work. Uh, if you're going to school, you have to be prepared before you go. Whatever we do, we got to be prepared for what we do. And there's always an opposition that works against what we want to do, what we try to do, and what we purpose to do. How many of you have a purpose for your life? Then your life is driven by purpose. If you have purpose, you have life. God said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But it's things that we go through sometimes on this walk that we doubt if we're living the abundant life. We have life. We can see. We can hear. We can talk. We can moan. We can groan. We can complain. But are we living the abundant life? Opposition comes to propel you into abundant life. How many believe that? If you look through the Bible, every time God got ready to propel someone and change their character, he allowed opposition to come. But God didn't give us the spirit of fear. He gave us the spirit of what? Power, 
love, and a sound mind. But the enemy would have us to live in fear. Fear to believe. Fear to take that next step. Fear to believe what God has said for my life. Fear to believe that I can make it if I put my mind to it and I have the Spirit of God on the inside. The enemy comes to take away everything that we have on the inside of us that God wants to manifest in our lives. So tonight I'm going to talk to you about vision. And when I think of vision, I think of Abram in his walk from becoming Abram to Abraham. And there's a process. Somebody say process. Somebody else say preparation. So you must have process and preparation to move into the next destiny. And God has a purpose for our life. But we must be what? Prepared for where God is trying to take us. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Genesis, the 13th chapter. Genesis, the 13th chapter. And I didn't come, I'm like Paul, I didn't come with excellency of speech. But I came to speak to you right where you are. How, how many of you know that once you make it into the house of God, you can be who you are? You don't have to put on a show. You don't have to act intelligent. You don't have to act like you know it all. But this is the time that you can be what? Fed spiritually and lifted up through the word of God. The word that I read said God's arm is not too short that it can't reach you right where you are. And how many of us have found yourself in a place where you needed God right where you are? Amen. That you, you couldn't wait to get anywhere, but, but you needed God right now, right then, to come right where you are. I think of the three Hebrew boys, amen, when they were in the fiery furnace, and they needed God to come right where they were. It's amazing how God will show up early just for you. So if you're there, we're going to start looking at verse 14 through 17. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 through 17. And it reads, And the Lord said to Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art. Look northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. So that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. We first must have to understand that who God is. The Bible that I read says that God is God all by himself. Amen. That, that there is no other God. If we look through the Bible, there's a lot of other false gods that people would worship, they would praise, they would make, amen? But there was no God like our God, like your God, my God, that he's all of our God, and we have to allow him to be God in our lives. And we must understand just what God has said. If you go with me right quick, so I want to set up before we get into vision, you, you must understand who you are. 
We are royal people of royal priesthood, that, that we are somebody, that, that God say, let's make man in our image, in our likeness, okay? So we are made in the image of God, and the man of God that was up here ministering, talking about the, the power of death and life is in the tongue, that we have to be careful what we speak to someone, because when we speak to an individual, we are speaking to someone that is made in the image and likeness of God. And when you speak to someone, when you speak negative, guess what? You are not just speaking to them, but you're speaking to yourself. Because we all are made in his image and his likeness. Amen? So we have to be careful in, in what we say and how we say it. And sometimes we just have to, as James said, we, we must put a bridle in the tongue. Amen? Because it's amazing how when you want God to move on your behalf, you got to have faith, and we're going to get into that tonight. So Genesis 1, verse 26 through 28, I'm going to read it to you, so I want you to understand. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. If you got your Bible, you underline that, over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So God gave away dominion, power, and authority to man. You and I, we have power, we have dominion, we have authority over the earth, over everything that creepeth, everything that crawls, that we have power over it. How many of you believe that you have, have that power? But you must have to, you got to understand how to operate in that power. You got to believe that you have that power. You got to believe that you have power to call those things that be not as even though they already were. That's why it's so important in the words that we use. We must choose the correct word for the correct time, for the correct phrase, for the correct purpose, because we have the power to speak a thing into existence. Amen. How many of you ever had to really be at a place where you really had to speak something into your own life. I, I think of David when David was in Ziklag and he had lost everything and he was out in a battle and he came back and everything was taken away. Their wives were gone, their kids were gone, everything was gone and the men thought about stoning David and David was in a place where he had to encourage himself in the Lord. So it comes a time that we got to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We can't expect the pastor to encourage us all the time. We can't take, think that mother, father, sister, and brother can encourage us all the time. You got to get in a place in God that you can encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. 
Okay, so now, now that we know who we are, now that we know we have that same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead and that we can call things down out of heaven, that, that we can speak life into a situation, we can speak what we want and it can come to pass. Amen. That, that's why we can understand that we must walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Vision. Vision occurs frequently, frequently in the Bible as instruments of supernatural revelation. Can I stop right there for a moment? The power that we have, let's look at the church because we're in the church, right? We are part of the church. The church is a living organism. Let's look at the first church was birthed where? In the wilderness. It was, it was a church that they didn't believe, they didn't understand. They was in bondage all their life. The only thing they knew was brick and mortar. The only thing they knew was oppression. The only thing they knew was that they had faith to believe, but the situation and what they were dealing with overcame their belief. But one day God sent someone called Moses that had to go into a place he had, to, had ran away from, and he went and he told him, say, God told me to tell you that I am have sent me. First church. Then we got to look at the revelation of the second church. The second church when God looked down and he repented that he had made man and he had his son and said, son, I want you to go down there and redeem my people. So he came through the birth of Virgin Mary and he was born as a natural birth and he walked out some things. He came to fruition and he did some things and he resurrected the second church. But now let's look at the third church. The third church is the church that we are in right now. Jesus said it is finished. And when the demons and the devil and everyone was rejoicing because they thought it was over, he released something in us. And it's the third church was birthed. The church of the Holy Ghost. Amen. If they would have known if when they killed him that he was giving birth to a church that we were going to have power from on high. We were going to have Holy Ghost power that teach us, to guide us, that, that in all manners of truth, when we don't know what to ask for, the Holy Ghost would make intercession for us that we have a comfortable, that nothing has been lost. So, so that's where we are right now. We are in the third church and the third church is trying to walk in manifestation God has already written it it's already there we just gotta walk it out Amen. somebody shout Holy Ghost power, Holy Ghost power. now vision there are audiovisual means of communication between God and our earthly recipient the term used to designate vision, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, has to do with seeing or perceiving. The Old Testament terms, the vision, in the Hebrew words, ra and haza. And it means simply to look at or to see. And we're going to get into that. To look at and to see. Revelatory visions portray scenery and dramatic circumstances to the human recipient while the human is awake. The distinction between a vision and a dream has to do with whether the human is awake or asleep. The result is the same. Joseph had a dream. Dream that 
I'm just going to short term it, that, that his family was going to be serving him, that he was going to be greater than them. Don't, but his dream caused opposition to rise up. Have you ever had a dream or a vision that you wanted to do something, but you told the wrong person? Come on. How many? You, you had this great idea that it came to you, and you began to, you was excited about it, couldn't wait to tell somebody. But as soon as you told them, they said something, and it killed your dream. Woo. That hurt, don't it? Because you're all excited and you expect people to be excited about your dream. But don't you understand something? That God would allow things to happen to let you know that the dream and the vision is bigger than you. If it wasn't, you could just do it on your own. You wouldn't have to dream it. You just get up and go do it. But vision, amen. Joshua took over, God began to minister to him, say, Moses, my servant, is dead. Told Joshua, I want you to be of a good courage. Good courage. Be strong and of a good courage. God was trying to minister to him, to prepare him for where he was going. And, and Joshua, he caught on to what God was saying, just like you and I. You got to catch on to what God is saying on your behalf, what God is calling you to, what God wants you to do. It's things that God would have you to do that you would never think of doing yourself. Amen. How do you know when you're hearing the voice of God? Woo. We have to be careful. Every pat on the back don't validate, don't validate you that it's God. Somebody say discernment. We need, the, we need the gift of discernment. We need to be able to discern a matter. Because, you know, there's a twisting spirit. The same spirit that was in the garden that came and said, did God say you would surely die? And we have to understand that man was made to live forever. Man wasn't made to die. Man was supposed to be fruitful and multiply. Man was supposed to take the anointing that God has placed on his life and when he, everywhere he went, became the garden. You got to understand that that's the power, authority, and dominion that we have. That's why when we show up somewhere, every, demons tremble in fear when you show up somewhere because of the anointing that's on your life. Because opposition knows that greater is he that is inside of you than he that is in the world. Yeah. Amen. That's why everybody don't like you for who you are. Woo. Have you ever experienced walking in a place and people, and you can understand, you know when someone's talking about you. And you know when it's good or bad. It isn't amazing how you can just go in a place you've never been, see people you've never been around, and for some reason, they just don't like you. Come on. Let's be real. You go in a place and, and you just don't, you, you feel it. You can hear it. You can sense it that they just don't like you. You have to understand that the anointing that's on your life, it draws persecution. But what it does, it draws the enemy out of the hiding place and it brings him out into the light. You see, darkness, amen, couldn't comprehend the light, so God sent the light into darkness. You and I. 
in the dark place. It's amazing how we can walk in a place and just brighten it up. You ever know some, knew someone that when they showed up, everything just lit up? The room lit up. There was an anointing in the air. There, 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 was, there was a warmth in the air. Come on. We all have that same power, but we got to have vision to see it. The prophetic use of a dream and vision is summarized in the Lord's dramatic defense of Moses against his sister. And he wrote in Numbers, he says, I reveal myself to him in visions, and I speak to him in dreams. How many is a dreamer? Come on. You got to be a dreamer. You know why? Because Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You got to have an expectation. You got to have something that you hunger and thirst for. The, the word says, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Amen. All this word around us, we shouldn't be hungry. He said in his word, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or my seed begging bread. I have an expectation to understand and believe that my cup runneth over and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We need a visionary. Hosea said it like this. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Amen. We have no excuse. We got to seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. You ever wondered why the things that you wanted was first, and when you get down to verse 6 and 33, it tells you to seek you first, the kingdom of God. God got that nugget out there for you. He got that vision out there for you. He's showing you what you can have, but he's trying to tell you, you're only going to get those things if you come to me. Somebody say, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So then how do we get there? Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Without now faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. That's what faith is. Faith says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Faith warns us that without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How many of you seeking the Lord? Come on, we can do better than that. If you're seeking the Lord, let him know that you're seeking him. You, you, got to say, you just got to you lift up your hand and say, God, I'm seeking you, God, while you may be found. When you really need God to move, how do you call on God? See, when I need God to move, I don't play. No matter where I am, I can be driving at the red light and it'll hit me, call on him, and I'll call on him. So you got to understand, when you hear, you just got to say Jesus. Don't you know that at the name of Jesus, every tongue has to confess that he's Lord of Lords, King of Kings? Every knee has to bow? Don't you know that when hard-pressed situations come into your life, all you got to do is holler, Jesus? Is there any flow walkers in here? Any of those after midnight hour walkers in here? 
See, God will wake you up early in the morning. He'll have you walking the floor, calling on him, speaking to him. And I know it's some of you in here right now that late in the midnight hour, you don't know how you do it, but you're walking, speaking in tongues. You're uttering things that the enemy can't understand. And you got to understand, that's just like God to do it just like that. You don't even know what you're saying. But God knows what you're saying. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29 and 11, 29, 11 through 13 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Can I stop right there for a moment? When God move on your behalf, do we take the time and say, God, I thank you. God, I bless your holy name. God, I knew I couldn't do it in my own power, but I knew the moment that I called your name. I knew that you are faithful to answer prayer. I waited patiently on you, Lord, and you heard my cry. You heard my call. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Ain't it something when God move in your situation? Got to have that faith as a grain of a mustard seed. See, but this is the problem that we have sometimes. When we are oppressed, depressed, and living in a mess, we don't think God hears. They cried for 400 and something years. If you do the math, 432 years, they was in bondage. People died waiting. It never happened. Generations came. It never happened. But then one day, God sent a deliverer. You have to live for the expectation that God is going to show up the next moment. You got to expect and believe that God is going to show up on my behalf. If you look at the text, God didn't stop the Hebrew boys from going in the fiery furnace. There's some things we will go in, but the anointing that's on our life is going to bring us out. That we may be an example. So we look. And we wonder. Habakkuk said it like this. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. And this is, what I, this is what I really like. Though it tarry, wait for it. Ooh, glory. Wait for it. Because it will surely come. Now, one hand, he says, though it tarry. But the last part of the sentence says, it will not tarry. Ooh, now, how can you, you see on this side, say, though it tarry. But on this side, it, says, it will not tarry. God is never late. God is always right on time. God can move whenever he gets ready to move and never be late. The word says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the shadow of the most high God shall abide under that shadow. We got to understand that God can show up when he gets ready. If he can make the dew back up on the cloth. What is it too hard for God to do? Nothing is too hard for our God to do. Can I get three people to clap your hands right there? 
So we're going to get into our text. God prepares us for where he needs us to go. Before we can get into, into chapter 13, we have to look at Abram in chapter 12. Chapter 12 finds Abram. He went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had. And Lot went with him. Somebody say Lot. Do anybody know a lot? Terry, do anybody know a lot? I'm going to help you explain and understand what a lot is in a moment. Lot went with him. And Abram was very rich with cattle, silver, and gold. And he went on his journey from the south even to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Somebody say at the beginning. Between Bethel and Ai. Let me set the stage for you. Bethel represents the house of God. Ai represent that perverted place. That perverted place is that place that when Paul said, when I try to do good, evil is always present. You got to understand that we all in between a place. That we can take one step back and we right back where we were. Or we can take a step forward and we on our path. But sometimes, like Job said, I tried to find him to my right. I couldn't find him. I looked to my left. He wasn't there. I tried to back up on him. He wasn't there. I tried to go forward and I couldn't move. I decided to stay right where I was. Because he knows the path that I take. So when you look at those two places, that's where we are standing. In between. House of Bethel on the right represents the power of God. The perverted place on the left represents opposition. Those old mindsets, those old things, those things that I thought were gone, but I, when I look to my left, I see them coming. They're still there. That's why we need the power of God on our life. That's what the blood of Jesus took care of on the cross, that he took care of all the sin, everything that comes to oppress us. So then, there was a strife between Abram Hurd and Lot Herdman, and they decided that it was time to separate. Somebody say separate. Okay. We were running the problems and make some bad decisions on our way to where God is calling us. How many of you believe that? How many believe that you're not perfect, but we are being perfected? And sometimes we have to be careful what we say to people. Sometimes people can be in something, and what we'll do, we'll call them what they're in. Ask Thomas. Thomas doubted one time, and they called him Doubting Thomas. We have to be careful that we don't name a person because of what they're going through. Because what they're going through, it may be that God is taking them through that, so when they come out, they can come back and strengthen you. Don't it sound familiar? Simon, Simon. Who glory. Satan has desired to sift you as we. But Simon, look here, Simon. I prayed for you that your faith fell it not. And after you done went through, Simon, I want you to go strengthen our brethren. So be careful who we call what they're in. You never know. The words say judge not. The same thing that you judge, guess what? It may come your way. But it's some things some people have went through that you don't have to go through. Right? Come on. See, we should be cheering for them that, that you can make it, that, that you can go through it, you can take it. Because guess what? It might be something they learn in the process that they come back and give me. And you know what? I, I, don't, I may not can go through it, but they give me the insight to go around it. Come on. That's vision. But God will do it. Look at Abram. 
Abram had to go through some stuff. That's not my wife. That's my sister. But she was both. Amen. We have to understand. He had to deal with a Hagar. Produced the Ishmael on the way to glory. On the road to glory, everything don't look good. Come on. Everything don't look good on the road to glory. Come on, it's some stuff that we done had to go through, some stuff we had to shed, some stuff we had to take off, some stuff we had to leave behind, some people we had to leave behind, some things that we love we had to let go of. Come on, it's hard on the road to glory. But the road says that we can go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. When God gives us a call that has a promise attached to it, we're going to need two things. The first thing we need is strength. If you don't have strength, you can't move. The second thing we need, listen to me good before I'm going to get into the message, is panoramic vision. What is panoramic vision? Panoramic vision is 360 degree vision, wide angle vision, unhindered vision. We got to be able to see all around us. That's why in this season that we're in, where the church is getting this power that it should be walking in, the church already has power, but the people got to come in the place of power or the manifestation of the power that the Shekinah glory can come and dwell in the house of God. Vision to see past what I'm going through. Vision to understand that though it tarry, I'm going to wait right here because it's surely going to come to pass. We got to believe that God, whatever he said, he can do it. But we need that vision. Unhindered vision. In our text, and the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, Lot means veil or covering. Something that is used to smother you or keep you from moving. Lot was family, but he was a hindrance. Yeah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That person, they may be family, but they're a hindrance. I'm not saying that we cast our family away, but what you got to do, you got to raise up a standard within yourself. That sometimes you got to say, excuse me, but I need to hear from God right now. I can't move. Have anybody ever been in a place where God didn't let you move? That you was laying prosper in the word of God, in God, and that you was caught up. Paul said it like this. I don't know if I was in the body, out of the body. I don't know if I was caught up between the first heaven and the second heaven. Paul didn't know what was going on, but he had an out-of-body experience. And you got to understand, Paul said it like this. Though it tears, I'm going to wait for it. We're going to be persecuted on every side. Going to be knocked down, cast down. But we can make it. Tell yourself right now you can make it. Tell your neighbor you can make it. Come on, speak it to them, you can make it. See, the enemy don't want you to know that you can make it. Because you already made it. The victory has already been won. We just got to walk it out. But lot means a covering. Everybody can't go with you right now where God is calling you. You must get away from the things that are keeping you from moving for God. If you know that you are in a place where God is and you're not hearing him, 
You may be connected to a lot that you need to separate from. He told Abram, he said, now, Abram, lift up now that eyes. Conflict will make you doubt. Anybody know what conflict is? When you're trying to see your way and conflict arises, conflict will put blinders on you. That's why we, when we walk by faith and not by sight, the enemy can blow ice over the road. He can throw whatever he wants. But, you know, I'm not using my visual sight that I'm walking by faith and not by sight because in faith I know I'm going to get there. We can't lose focus. Conflict will make you lose focus of the promise. Word for you. Stop looking beneath where you're supposed to be. See, that's what conflict will do. Conflict will make you lower your vision. Conflict will tell you you had your vision set too high. You had your goals set too high. Anybody ever experienced that? And it's always somebody will validate you on the way down, but nobody want to validate you on the way up. Well, you better get what I'm telling you. Somebody will always show up to tell you you're down. But on the way up, there'll be not many because of a higher condemnation that nobody want to validate you and tell you you're going somewhere. Nobody want to tell you that you make it. That's why you got to believe in the report of the Lord. One writer say, who will go for us? Nobody said that, but one stood up and said, I'll go, send me. Is there anyone in here saying, Lord, I'll go, send me? See, that's what you got to understand. That if God send you, he ain't sending you alone. He's sending you with provision. He's sending you with authority. He's sending you with dominion. He's sending you with purpose. All you got to do is go. That's what Abram had to do. He started out. God said, I want you to go to a far country. I will show you. How many of us have the faith to just move on God's word to go? And that's what we got to do. That's where that unhindered vision, that panoramic vision, that you see opposition before it comes. Isn't it rewarding when you see something coming and you're able to avoid it? That's a great feeling that sometimes we get in a hurry and you ever got ready, you're rushing to get out of the house and, and you forget something and you go back into the house and on the way where you normally be, there was an accident. And you say, God, I thank you. The word said, be hurry, anxious for nothing. And he told me, say, now, and look from the place where thou art. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself from the place you're at in life. Heartache, you got to encourage yourself. Sickness, you got to encourage yourself. May not have food on the table, you got to encourage yourself. May not have money in your pocket, but you got to encourage yourself. You got to encourage yourself in whatever state you're in. Encourage yourself. Then he said, look northward. Southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. Northward means to look beyond what you don't see. When was the last time you tried to look past your horizon? When 
was the last time you stood and you tried to see further than what you've been seeing? It's the walk of faith. Look beyond what you have right now. Didn't say look north, meaning one direction, but northward, the place beyond north. When was the last time? got to understand excellent is the place where you say it don't get no better than this. How many want excellence? Come on. See, I, I told you in the beginning who we were. That we don't have to settle for nothing second best. We are a royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. We don't have to take what's left because God is trying to give us what's first. Then he said southward. Look southward. Southward means to look beyond what you've been through. I know you've been hurt and it left some scars, but you got to forget those things, put it behind you, and move from where you are. I had some heartaches and some setbacks, but I'm looking beyond what happened to me. Except the fact that you didn't live on the right side of the street. You, didn't have, you weren't born with a bunch of money. You didn't have an inheritance with money waiting on you. But God knew where you were. He came right where you were. And he's lifting you up and he's raised up a standard for you right where you are. Paul said it like this. Forget those things which are behind. And focus on those things which are ahead. A higher calling in Christ Jesus. Eastwood means to anticipate the manifestation of where you're going is greater than where you've been. Three of you should have clapped your hands right there. You're expecting to go somewhere and you need to hear a word that where you're going is greater than where you've been. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody need to get that. That you're on the way to somewhere that's greater than where you've been. Hallelujah. Means to anticipate the manifestation of where you are. Look beyond. The beginning of a new day, the sun rises in the east. You see, now look westward. The sun sets in the west. Look beyond where you came from. See, sometimes you got to look beyond where you came from. Because if we're not careful where we came from, we'll call us back. You've got to disengage yourself from past hurt, past problems. We serve a God that's past, present, and future. That God has covered everything. There's nothing too hard for God to do. But you must have vision to see it. You've got to anticipate that God is moving on your behalf. That God is gathering together things that you need. That God, he's looking high, he's looking low, and he's got just what you need. But you've got to get in that place in God that you don't allow things and circumstances and people to hinder your vision. Don't allow people to set you back. I remember years ago when I was at church and it was a Monday night. I never forget it. And I was the type that I was brought up in the church, and I knew church protocol, and I didn't have a problem with church until it was altar call. It's amazing that we know what we need. I could sit through service and enjoy the service, but it was something about altar call. It was something about change. See, altar call represents change. Altar call represents vision. 
Altar call represents the shedding, becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new and of God. So I would be there and I'd be fine. And, but one night, I couldn't get away. Somebody I was sitting with left me sitting there. And it's amazing when you know that you're a leader and somebody's leading you. And you know what you're supposed to do. When I played football at Bronson and played at Florida, I had some great runs. But the greatest thing I did was a short walk. When I walked to the altar and I gave my life to Christ. What am I saying to you? We have all been told when you give your life to Christ, that's the best thing you could ever do and all things going to be so easy. It's, but we find out different. That's when the battle begins. That's when somebody say that's when Pandora box opens. Come on. Because when you live a certain way, you lived in blindness. And now God has shined a marvelous light on you and, and you can see right where you are. You can see what you need to do. You can see change all around you and you got to make a decision that do I want life or death? Do I want heaven or hell? That's the vision that we got to have. We have all sinned and came short of the glory of God. And we know that the gift of God is eternal life. And the wages of sin is death. Can we see past where we are? Can we see past what we're going through? Paul said, I reckon the suffering that we're going through right now are not worthy of the glory that's going to come. I'm talking to somebody that's been going through something right now. Somebody that was almost ready to throw in the tower. I want you to hold on to that tower and use it for what it's supposed to be used for. To wipe away your tears, pull yourself together, get yourself scraped, and walk in the vision that God has given you. Walk in the higher calling of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because it's what we do for the Lord, that's all what's going to matter. Heaven and earth shall pass. Amen. So see what God has for you. Understand who you are and whose you are. Someone told me today I, that they found out that the person that's praying is not important. It's the person that's hearing it. And that's what we have to understand, that we serve a God that said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But you must have vision. You must become a visionary. One that can see beyond where you are. See, every leader, every pastor has to be a visionary. They have to see things in you that you can't see for yourself. They have to see you coming out. They have to see you already out. They have to see you past what you're going through right now. They have to minister to you right where you are and tell you, you know what? It might be like this now, but I see the other side. Come on. They're there to encourage you. But lift up your pastor. Because guess what? He take every one of you home with him. Put you before the Lord. 
to try to, to help you see what you can't see. Help you to call those things that be not, to encourage you. There's an attack on every leader that has been manifested. And we, as leaders, we need power in the sanctuary. We need praying people out there. We need people that will fast on our behalf, that will lay prospect for us, because the enemy, he's trying to blind vision. And he knows that if he can bind the strong man, he can take over the house. I know you all hear in the news different things that have been happening to men and women of God. There's an all-out attack like never before. And we need praying people in the sanctuary. We need you. I told my church, I need you. I need you to be praying. I need you to help me to see. Because guess what? Anything that attacks the leader has to come through the sanctuary. So pray ye in the Holy Ghost. That's what Jude say. Pray ye in the Holy Ghost. Lift up your leaders. Undergirth your leaders. I'm telling you right now, every man and woman of God that minister, they need your prayers. Have vision to see. God works out there just as he do up here. But you have to understand, having a vision, your vision is to undergirth the vision, to be supporters of the vision, is to help the vision move into fruition. You are not the visionary, but you are the helper of the vision. It's just like two people that wear glasses. If you swap glasses, guess what? Chances are neither one, you, neither one can see. So what I'm saying, you got to wear your vision. Got to be in order in your vision. Though it tarry, wait. It's your speaking, not lie, and it will not tarry. Amen. So everybody stand. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.